0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Graham Rogers and QC Fantasy, joined by my two favorite co-hosts, as
1: always, Taylor Story, Chris Hayes. How are we, fellas? Doing good. Excited to be back after a mini hiatus. It's good
2: to be back as, as a full squad this week. Yeah, apologies on
0: that. Uh, Whole family. Came down with uh, COVID. Wife first, myself, then our uh, 14-month-old also. Um, But on the mend here, so getting better. Glad to be back as well, guys. Um, Looking forward to breaking down some NFL schedules, strength of schedules. Um, But first, let's jump into some NFL news. So roster cut dates were announced, guys. We're looking at August 16th, August 23rd, and August 30th to get down to the 53-man roster cuts. Obviously, this will give us a much clearer picture uh, moving into the season, uh, especially once you get into deeper drafts, talking dynasty, um, players that are definitely going to be on rosters. So stuff to be watching out for. um, How attentive are you guys going to be around this time frame to look at dynasty rosters and then redraft as well?
1: August 30th is going to be the only one I care about. 53-man roster. I'll monitor it. You'll hear a bunch of uh, talk about guys on the bubble, and you will might be able to get a leg up on some people if you're paying attention. But really, it's just that post-August 30th date where you're really paying attention, start to really gear up for the season. Yeah, that's August 30th is really the only one I'll be paying to,
2: attention to as well. And seeing uh, who teams are signing on to their, their practice squads too.
0: Yeah, I think it's that's the fun right now of, you know, drafting in dynasty or best ball for the year, whatever the case may be, and then you start looking at, at guys not making rosters or changing rosters, whatever the case may be, and kind of being on that cut line. Definitely going to be an interesting time rolling into September and getting geared up for the year. Um, and then a change that came down the line, uh, players eligible to return from IR after four weeks, not six weeks, uh, so that's really interesting. I know we've seen some pretty big names. Christian McCaffrey last year, Derek Henry, uh, seemed like a lot of big-name guys going down and placed on IR so that'll be something else intriguing to watch depending on you know we know injuries are coming not to wish them on anybody but definitely something that affects us in the fantasy world
1: yeah I feel like you might see teams more willing to put a player on IR uh, just because it's only four weeks so that I feel like that's going to be the most interesting aspect of it yeah one of the key guys I'll keep I'll probably keep an eye
2: on is Chris Godwin um Yep. On that IR spark, you know, that late, late season ACL injury. So Godwin, Odell Beckham, if if he gets uh, if he gets signed, are are two guys definitely to keep an eye on with that with that IR
1: status. Yeah, yeah, because uh, you hear players starting the season on the pup list. That's still at six weeks. So if they want to, I'm pretty sure they can put them just on the normal IR, and then they can be back in four weeks instead of starting the season on the pup list. So could be a few you know ways to cheat the system for nfl teams
0: yeah that's a good point seeing when guys may actually join the teams whether it's week four week six obviously that can make a big difference um also kind of getting news out lately uh sounds like charges against jerry judy are going to be dismissed um so again don't know everything that was involved but as far as football goes um good good sign for jerry judy as far as getting back on the field and everything um and the other big news as far as players are concerned. Uh, so David Njoku in Cleveland signing a big contract, four years, $56 million. Uh, this one really intrigued me. Uh, I'd kind of been targeting Njoku a little bit, hoping you know Deshaun Watson would join, uh, especially for later in the year, having a guy there. He's getting a little bit more attention now, guys. What do we think about this contract, where he stands in tight end ranks?
1: I mean, hey, now ranks fifth in and highest paid tight ends, but he's certainly not at that level, in my opinion. I was looking at it the other day when the news broke and mentioned it in one of my group chats. If you add up Njoku's stats for his entire career, he basically had a little bit better of a season than Travis Kelsey's 2020 season. So I don't, I don't really know. I mean, maybe they're thinking he breaks out with Watson, but then maybe they don't have Watson, and then you're stuck with his, what, his contract. I don't know I just feel like it was a bad, bad deal for, for me personally. Like the player, though,
2: yeah, I like the player too, but you haven't really gotten a return on on investment from Injuku. Um you know hopefully Watson, I, I do believe Watson will give him definitely a, will raise his level, but between injuries and lack of production, you know I was surprised to to see this deal. Yeah. It's, it's really intriguing to me. Cause
0: so I've got him ranked right now, as far as everything goes around 15 or so, 14, 15. And again, he's kind of just in that purgatory of like, let's say Deshaun Watson's ready for week one, two, three, four, whatever the case may be, he probably shoots up. If we see something longer and Joku drops. Um, but I guess you do like to see some sort of commitment from the team. At least we, we're not going to have a revolving door of guys in that position in Cleveland. Um, hopefully, over the next few years, maybe some consistency. Um, and then, you know, looking at some coach talk again, but it's interesting, maybe in the negative here, uh, Dennis Allen comes out, says Michael Thomas, not ready yet because of his ankle, should be ready for training camp. You know, we've had some discussions on previous episodes about Olave Landry signing there, some some Jameis stuff. We, we thought we liked Jameis. Uh, how are we feeling if Michael Thomas just isn't
1: ready to go? I just think that furthers the the uh, point for me that Jarvis Landry was signed because of their you know, question marks around Michael Thomas and his health. I still think there's there's too many question marks for me still to be really you know be high on him like how Michael Thomas can certainly play. So I I've got to wait still months and months for me until I move him up any just to hear like that oh, okay he's 100% or yeah he's ready to go he's ready to go he's ready to go you know so i'm i'm still just I, I mean i guess you could say out on michael thomas for now just based on where he's being drafted but he you know i just, I just need to hear he's fully healthy yeah i mean
2: the ta- there's no question about michael thomas's talent but at this point it's just kind of mm-hmm. have to see it to believe it you know that that right. he's back um, i'm going to go back to my to my hot take of Chris Olave, you know, becoming the number one receiver in, in New Orleans this year by the end mm. of the year, it may happen even sooner at this rate. You know, I, I don't doubt that Michael Thomas is is, is injured necessarily, but it also does. It, my gut is also telling me that he's not a hundred percent invested into either the Saints or football in general either. So, um, you know, he got paid after his historic year and we haven't really seen the sa- same Michael Thomas since. so yeah, i'm just kind of waiting to see on him i will not be targeting targeting him much in in my
1: drafts this year I'll uh, I'll, I'll interject real quick we've got some amazing breaking news uh, Albert Wilson signed a one year deal with the Vikings i mean i mean that what is it? How far does that drop Justin Jefferson for you guys with that competition? The Vikings sign. I mean, he might drop out of the out of the top 10 for me. <laughs> All
0: right. So back to Michael Thomas. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I think I've been a little bit higher on Michael Thomas. And just to answer that question, Jeff, Justin Jefferson is still wide receiver one, the wide receiver one this year. Um I have been a little higher on Michael oh, Thomas, again, hopefully being optimistic and also trying to boost up, you know, Jameis. If Jameis has Landry, Michael Thomas, Olave, feel pretty good about it. Taylor, I've given you a hard time on Olave and all the love. And there was a particular trade you made. We went back and forth a few times. But um, trade. with all that said, yeah, if Michael Thomas doesn't suit up, I'm probably a little lower on Jameis, but definitely higher on Olave, especially if, let's say, Kamara misses time early in the year ball's got to go to Olave and Landry. Uh, there's not a whole lot else there. Adam Troutman at tight end, maybe. maybe, um,
1: But that's about it. Yeah. Uh, still a lot of questions around the Saints receivers as a whole. And the Saints on offense. Jameis is always a question mark, so the season's yeah. going to have to start, and we're going to have to see it. Yeah. And that's about it. All right. I still believe in the Saints. I still believe in them. I still think
2: they're a top-ten defense. Yeah. And with Jameis Just have or quarterback...
0: Them as a playoff team, right? We'll, we'll revisit that before the year starts, but just want to reiterate that. With or for now. without
2: Michael, as as long as they have Kamara, with or without Michael Thomas, they're a playoff team for me. Your your hot take keeps getting hotter here. What happened <laughs> last year? Jameis Torres
1: ACL. Oh, but they had Kamara. J- <laughs> Ian,
2: <laughs> Ian Book was quarterback for. I'm for just saying. As well. I'm just
1: you know does quote direct quote from you. I'm just saying. As long as they have Jameis. Oh, okay. He said Kamara. Oh, okay, got it. All right. All right. Now, keeping I met you honest. As well. Keeping you honest.
0: One, two. Schedule breakdown, fellas. All right, so we're going to run through kind of some information here on, you know, who the top defenses, defenses are, and then diving into position ranks as far as strength of schedule goes. So we'll go through quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, kind of break down who has the easiest schedules, who has the hardest overall. We'll also break it down a little bit for who has the best You know uh, strength of schedule early in the year Um, may look good hot out the gate But you may want to offload them there and then also who may have an easier schedule on the back end targets halfway through the year Uh, So guys, let's look first at the defenses overall. So diving in pass coverage top-ranked teams right now looking at Packers Saints Miami Dolphins, Philly sitting at the top of the list for the strongest, um, and then Detroit, Seattle, Jacksonville, Chicago, and Washington as the worst pass coverage defenses. Um, what do we take out of this looking at kind of maybe how these teams will play? You know, how will this affect their own offenses if their defenses are really good? Um, and then also maybe some of the teams in their division are on their
1: schedule that we may want to pay attention to. Yeah, I mean, it's for me, it's really looking at Either the top five or the bottom five in any category for any position, whether you're looking at your wide receivers, quarterbacks, whatever. But it, mostly for pass coverage, if you've got if you're playing against a team and they've got a cornerback who's particularly good, you know, above average, and he travels, that's when I kind of want to look at some of the matchups. And if it's kind of like a mid-tier guy, I mean, you're always going to start your studs, as they say, um, just for that potential that they always will have. But if you're looking at like your flex or maybe your second or third wide receiver or or anything like that, that's when I'll really start to look at, "Oh, okay, what other options do I maybe have? Like maybe you can find a guy on the waivers or you have a guy on your bench that's got a favorable matchup and that might be the decider for me." So, I mean, we talked about it before the show and I always love to bring up my Packers whenever I can, but Jay Alexander's back and every time he played a, a wide receiver, he he pretty much shut down their best wide receiver. So, that's it's stuff like that that's something that you need to look at in ah in schedule wise. Yeah, it's definitely something you need to pay pay
2: attention to. Especially, I mean, as Taylor said, you're going to start your studs. You know, whether Justin Jefferson is playing Jair Alexander or not, like you're going to be you're going to be starting him. But those mid level guys, you know, you have to pay attention to to the cornerbacks, Jair Alexander, Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Tre'Davious White when he gets healthy, uh, Marlon Humphrey. Um, And I think something else important, you know, a a team can have a very good pass coverage, but you have to pay attention to their pass rush as well, because it's tough to throw to wide receivers if the quarterback is consistently under pressure as well. And I think it's going to be really interesting to look at. And,
0: you know, we'll get down to some of these others, but we see some some repeats here. So, like, the Saints are going to be near the top in run defense. Uh, Packers as well are on that. Philly. Uh, Do you guys look at this and say like, okay, well, maybe this means, you know, the Packers aren't going to be as in in many high scoring games, right? Like they've got a good defense. Um, maybe they won't have to throw the ball as much. Again, does that benefit Aaron Jones? I mean, do you guys get that deep into breaking some of this down? And then also looking at like, let's say the pass coverage, you're looking at Buffalo and Miami, both in that AFC East. So then how does that change? If at all, how we look at say, you know, a Mac Jones or a Zach Wilson going up against two of the top five, you know,
1: basically four times throughout the year. Yeah, it's, it's, I was going to say, you can even look at it on the other end as well. Like the first part of your kind of question is um Packers have, a, are going to have a pretty solid defense all around. So there are certainly going to be games where maybe they're playing like a lesser team. Uh, I think they play the jets. So it's like always fun to pick on the jets. They're playing the jets, right? A lot of points probably aren't going to be scored, and that could even be both sides of the ball. So maybe you say, okay, this is a good defense, and they're playing a bad offense. The running game most likely will get a lot more looks than the passing game. Um, so you can use this projected strength to schedule both ways, and you can look at it uh, in both aspects, as you as you brought up. Oh.
0: Yeah, and then I think it gets interesting. Then you look at some of the weaker defenses as well, like Detroit, Chicago. You know, you're know, you talking about that same division, right, with the Packers of, okay, maybe that's that's good news for uh, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings passing offense when they're not playing the Packers. Um, and the same with Aaron Rodgers um, wow. in their offense. So it'll be interesting. But how about looking at run defense? I'll run through those real quick. Los Angeles Rams, the Saints, the Steelers, the Packers, Philly. Again, three of those kind of repeating for the past defenses uh, at the top. Worst run defenses, uh, Chicago, Atlanta, the Lions, Jaguars, and Houston um, all at the bottom. And, you know, honestly, those teams at the bottom, probably teams that are going to get run against when they're down. Um, what do we think about these teams, the defenses, and also the repeat that we see there uh, from the past coverage uh, teams
2: with the Saints, Steelers, and Philly? I, I, I'll start with... Uh... Specifically, the Jaguars and and the Texans. I feel like we've been seeing this for years. Whether it's Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry, and it's always the end of the year when the Titans or the Colts play Houston or Jacksonville. Except for <laughs> for last year, um, where Henry or or Taylor they had these two hundred yard, th- three touchdown games towards the end of the year because the teams are exhausted and their run D isn't good to begin with. So, um. Definitely, target like you guys said before, targeting those those players in in weaker weaker divisions. You know, the, the Packers, the Packers in the NFC uh, North, and the Titans and the Colts in the in the AFC
1: South. Um, you know,
2: is definitely an an effective strategy.
1: Yeah, I mean, we see. I think the the main thing that I like to look at is is the run because those are most often the ones that kind of come to fruition like okay this team was projected to be bad against the run it actually happened i think last year the lions were the worst at the run in maybe atlanta and it felt like every time a team played against the lions like they literally ended up dominating them on the ground like and and that's kind of where it comes into play like if you've got that guy on your bench and they're playing the lions you might want to try and find a way to get them into your lineup like obviously you're not going to start them over your guys that have more potential and are better. But those, the strength of schedule comes into play when you're, when you have that deciding factor between those flex guys, bi week guys, you've got injured guys in your IR and you need to pick someone up and play them. That, that, this is where the difference comes in and helps your decision making. And it looks like it's going to happen again this year. I mean, we've got a lot of good, same run defenses are up at the top and terrible run defenses are again there at the bottom. So, might not change a lot this year. I mean take a look at the teams
2: that were like that are towards the bottom you know bottom of the stat sheet in in these defensive uh statistics like they're the worst teams in the league so target pl- it's it it's it's pretty simple like target players that are on good teams that play in bad divisions <laughs>
0: Yeah yeah agreed agreed um so kind of playing into the pass coverage looking at um teams that you know, pass rush, uh, pressure, the quarterbacks the most. So, top teams, top five here. So, we're looking at the Steelers, Rams, Packers, Raiders, and Bills. Uh, and then looking down to the worst teams, talking about the Seahawks, the Falcons, the Jaguars, the Bears, and the Texans. Uh, so, again, a lot of repeat here, but kind of like you guys said, reiterating, you know, find the find the guys on good offenses that are going to play bad defenses um and then you know it it somewhat happens to work out that some of those teams also have bad offenses as well but i guess my concern especially with say daily fantasy or with uh looking at best ball tournaments like i I want guys in games where they're going to be 70 80 points scored right like the chiefs bills playoff game like that's that's all i want um so it's interesting to look at some of those and then as we go into the season, look at matchups and be like, OK, yes, this offense may play well, but will they be running the ball the entire second half because they're up 20 at halftime? Um, so that's going to be intriguing for me to watch that I know is a little bit different than, say, the redraft or the dynasty viewpoint on things.
1: Yeah, especially when you're kind of looking at like Chris, you know, you mentioned the pass rush. Like you see the Raiders up there as a top five pass rushing team but they don't have the best secondary, that's when you might see you have these one or two games where you have receivers playing against them where you're thinking, oh, it's the Raiders. They don't have that good of a secondary. Next thing you know, their defensive line dominates that game and, and their quarter, the quarterback that they're playing against has no time. And you're like, why did my receivers do bad? And then you go back and look at it and it's because their quarterback threw 25 times and completed 10 of them for 150 yards because he got sacked six times. So That's kind of like those fringe teams that have a good line you want to just keep an eye on. I I certainly wouldn't factor that in too much when they're playing a good rush defense unless their offensive line is just horrendous. And there's a lot of other factors that will go into it. But it's something to just keep, keep in the back of your mind if you're playing against a team that has a good front seven. I'm so happy you brought up the Raiders,
2: Taylor. Last year week 1 i've had in in one of my leagues i had lamar jackson going into i think it was the monday the the first monday night game the ravens mm-hmm. and the raiders um and I, I forgot how much i was down going in into the night um, but i was like I, I think i needed like 25 points between tyson williams and lamar jackson back when tyson was yep, i was remember fancy. that Relevant. I remember that. Um, Tyson scores a touchdown in the first half. I'm like, I I got this because um, I figured Lamar was gonna was gonna do something special because the Raiders' uh, pasty was was horrific. But Max Crosby just wreaked havoc the whole game. And I ended yeah. up. It was so frustrating because the game went to overtime and Lamar fumbled um, in overtime and I ended up tying my matchup because of that
1: yeah. so Brutal. yeah the, uh, yeah
2: it was it was it was awful against my own the- brother too
1: the uh, leading receiver that game for the Ravens was uh, Sammy Watkins with four catches for 96 yards. Mark Andrews had 20 yards receiving. So week one those games will Sammy. come up and week, happen. One yeah. we, hey, week one Sammy Watkins, draft him in your best ball, Graham. Come on. <laughs> Play him for one season, one wow. game, and then forget about him. Or more, more worried about the weeks 15, 16, 17, but we'll get to no, that. Later. Week one Sammy Watkins, easy win.
0: <laughs> so uh, getting into kind of, Quarterbacks, their projected strength of schedule, who should have it easiest, who may have the hardest. Uh, so, looking at the easiest schedules first, we're looking at the 49ers, Eagles, Chargers, Broncos, and Lions, and then looking at the the hardest schedules. So, looking at Bengals, Steelers, Browns, Dolphins, back to there you go, the Ravens with Lamar. Um, guys, talk to me about the starters on these teams, how this changes things for you, if anything, as far as the outlook for the season
2: moving forward. I mean, so I'm you- already. I'm- Sorry, go oh, ahead. sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you okay. got it. I mean, I was already on the Jalen Hurts train, but, I, I mean, if you look at specifically, uh, you look at the season-long strength of schedule for, for quarterbacks, specifically to rankings 2, 3, and 4, you've got Jalen Hurts, you've got Justin Herbert, and you've got Russell Wilson. As well. I mean, those are all guys to target. Of, I mean, you were already going to target those guys, but... but there are guys on this list, you know, that you may want to think twice about, like Davis Webb. You know, Houston has the ninth easiest strength of schedule. You may not you think, or Davis Mills, excuse me. You, Davis Webb, throwback. Davis Webb, um, you may be, you may not be thinking about Davis Mills, but he is, he is a baller.
1: So just keep an eye on him. Yeah, kind of. Basically, how I look at this is, you know, reading back this top five easiest schedules is, Forty Niners, Eagles, Chargers, Broncos, Lions. Uh, this is basically how I break it down. You've got the 49ers and the Eagles who are likely, I mean, the 49ers are likely going to have Trey Lance starting. And then you've got Jalen Hurts. Those are two young guys still really trying to find their way in the NFL and solidify themselves. So they're going to seemingly have a little bit easier time getting in the swing of things. Um, And then you've got the Chargers and the Broncos who have quarterbacks that have proven themselves. So I'm not worried whether their schedules are good, bad, first, last, middle, doesn't matter. And then you have the Lions who are... who have the fifth easiest quarterback schedule. And at the same time, I don't care. It's Jared Goff. Um, I'm not going to be like, oh, Jared Goff has a fifth easy schedule. I'm going to move him up. Um, I, I really just like to see like these, those young guys. That's, that's really my only takeaway from this is, is those young guys. And then even on the other side, the worst schedules, uh, you've got Pickett and Tua fall under some of the worst schedules. And again, they're young. And I feel like that could, it could hurt their development if they're playing tough defenses, you know, maybe they, they have a, on paper, a greater chance of not developing as fast and could even hurt what they've got going on. So those are really the main things that I'm looking at uh, here in the schedules. Also on the flip side, um, like just cause a team has
2: a tough, uh, strength of schedule doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're not drafting them. Like Tampa Bay has the yeah. 24th, tough it, or, uh, is that the eighth toughest uh, strength of schedule for quarterbacks, but that doesn't mean you're not drafting Tom Brady. The right. Bills, the 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 seventh toughest. I mean, of course you're drafting Josh Allen. So I mean it, it can go both ways. But if you're oh, if you work. if you are low on somebody and you see their schedule, you you, you know, you may think twice about it. Right. Yeah, I think that's where I sit with like
0: Pickett and Tua, or Trubisky and Tua, whatever we whatever we want to say there for uh, Pittsburgh. It's like, yeah, I just was, I wasn't super high on them. I know there's a lot of promise for Tua. A lot of people are high on him with the weapons they put around him, but um, you know, this just kind of puts a nail in a coffin there. Um, you know, still interested in Lamar, obviously, still interested in Burrow, just yep. because of the offenses. Um, but yeah, it does get really intriguing with the teams with the easier schedules, because you know, all the the trey lance train here um jalen hurts i think we all really like herbert is a stud russell wilson with the broncos as long as he gets acquainted with the system and his receivers which we're pretty sure he will cool there and then you know i don't i don't mind seeing the jared Goff stuff i mean you know you guys know i'm I'm team lions here as far as a uh, super bowl in 2025 2026 so I don't. I don't mind it if they're putting pieces around him, and he's my you know second quarterback in a single quarterback league, or my third in a super flex league. Um, I, I'd I'd rather have that maybe than even a Tua or a Zach Wilson and trying to take a shot on one of those guys, n- knowing what I have in Jared Goff, and he's not somebody I have to rely on week in and week out. Um, but right. With that, looking at maybe some guys that have harder schedules early on and things ease up and then vice versa on maybe some sales halfway through the season, Um, talk to me about who we kind of see when we break down the schedule that way, guys.
1: Yeah, so you look at guys that have a tough start to the season, um, as well as you know the fantasy community are on the fence about or seemingly always on the fence about Uh, Trevor Lawrence on the Jags and Kirk Cousins. Lawrence being that young guy that... You know, you're know, you not sure if he's going to break out, and Kirk Cousins being that guy that everyone always wants to write off, but he always seems to come back. Um, they could very easily have some tough games to start the season, and that's when you can target them uh, because they have easier schedules starting in the second half, and they could bounce back. Um, I want to throw Jared Goff into that, too, in the Dynasty realm. You can once the season starts, especially you could probably get Jared Goff for basically free, even in a super flex as maybe your third quarterback. Um, that could help you on on a bye week for a championship team that might help decide one game instead of having, you know, maybe you only have two quarterbacks and you have, one has a bye week and instead of starting some wide receiver, you can start another quarterback. You'd have you're going to have a better chance to win that game. So he could be a guy that has an easy schedule that you could target in Dynasty this year. And, and buy and and maybe get away with and an, a stealing a game from somebody for targets. I think one person to keep an eye on when
2: it comes to uh, potential targets, <laughs> Graham. You're you're gonna love this. Um, if he can stay healthy, Kyler Murray is is someone to keep an eye on.
0: Love it. Kyler's the uh, the MVP, so I'm um, I'm all over some some Kyler love. Uh, and then guys, looking at maybe somebody that's going to have a hot start. Uh, I know we just mentioned the Saints, but looking at Jameis, um, having an easier schedule early on and things getting tougher for him. Um, so somebody, if he goes out and has one of these crazy games, putting up you know 300 yards, three or four touchdowns um, early on in some games, uh,
1: just you know yep. pace pace yourself there. Yep, big games, hard schedule could turn into an easy sell. Yep, agreed. Um,
0: so now kind of diving into running backs, uh, projected strength of schedule here. So we're looking at the best and then the worst. So uh, easiest here, looking at the uh, Lions, the Vikings, Packers, oh my, the Commanders, and oh, they're the Bears to round it all out. Uh, and then the worst, the hardest, looking at the Raiders, Cardinals, Dolphins, Colts, and Titans. Uh, so some big names on both of these teams at the running back uh, position anything change for you guys kind of as you look at this moving forward into the season?
1: Yeah, I mean, sorry, I was was just going to say when I mentioned earlier that the running backs are really the biggest group I look at when it comes to strength of schedule, when I'm looking at the running backs and their schedule, it it's basically a saving grace for me. So guys like Antonio Gibson or David Montgomery, that are kind of that middle tier running back. And even me being low on Gibson, an easy schedule could be their saving grace to to putting together a good season. So that, that would really be the only thing I'd look at as opposed to seeing a guy like Gibson and going, oh, he's he's got an easy schedule. He's going to do great. I see him now having an easier schedule and going, okay, now he has a better chance to do great as opposed to me thinking, I yeah, just in general, I, I don't think he's going to have a good season. But this could turn it around. Like This is what could prove me wrong is him having an easy schedule.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, having a good schedule as a running back is is obviously very important, especially if you're not necessarily a, a pass catching running back. Let's just take AJ Dillon as as an example. Like Aaron Jones, he is the primary pass catching back, and not off offense. Not saying that AJ Dillon can't receive because I think I was he's about to say net- you had me
1: googling stats. <laughs> I no, I wanted but, to get it
2: right. Um, Dillon, his hands are honestly underrated, but that. That's besides the point, right? Right now, um, but just tying this whole thing together, like with the Packers, like they've got a great defense, and they're definitely, they're probably going to emphasize the run a lot more with Dylan and Jones uh, because of their because of their receiving situation um, mm-hmm. as well. So, just being aware of these of these small details can, can make a huge difference in in your league. Yeah, I think looking at, you know, I think we've all been kind of above
0: consensus on Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, honestly, as a package, uh, especially after Devontae left. Uh, Dalvin Cook with the Vikings um, would be interesting to see that. You you guys know how big of a DeAndre Swift fan I am, so he's got an easier schedule. You know, I've, the Washington piece is so hard, right? I think that whole team is just... We want pieces to be good, but will they actually? um, But stuff like this, you know, maybe if Gibson is just the guy, even if it is on a bad team, if he's going to get the volume, um, you know, I'm not as afraid of Gibson, especially with where his ADP is now, um, with everybody kind of being off of him. And then, like you said, Montgomery, probably he might get the leg up on some of these guys on, you know, maybe some of these with the work with the harder schedules so like you look at josh jacobs yeah, with the raiders sure. um it's interesting how to kind of weigh those now i still may fault default to jacobs because he's on a better offense that's going to move the ball and score more and he could have a james connor like year next year as far as just touchdowns go um because they're going to be in the red zone with waller Devontae, all the talent they have there but guys looking at the losers who is affected the most here do we think
1: I think simply for me, I mentioned it to you guys before the show, but uh, reading them off again, Raiders, Cardinals, Dolphins, Colts, and Titans. I mean, you think Colts and Titans, it, I, I don't even bat an eye at that. Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry, they're going to be fine. doesn't matter. But the Raiders and the Cardinals with Josh Jacobs and James Conner, um, my, th- my thinking is those guys have a career history of injuries. If they're playing tough de- defenses and getting beat up all the time, on paper they're going to have a, an easier chance to get injured and then that could affect your team. I mean, you don't really want to project them to have more injuries and missed gains because of it but it's something to keep in mind after a couple weeks of them playing these rough and tough defenses, you know, maybe running the ball 20 times and getting stuff for two yards of carry each time. That takes a toll on the body And and with these guys seemingly injury-prone bodies, that that's what could take them out of games and out of lineups. Yeah, just brushing off of, on your point, you have a lot
2: of uh, um, what's the word uh, injury, injury-prone running backs in the bottom fourth of the yeah. strength of schedule running back rankings. It's not just Jacobs and, and Connor. You know, Joe Mixon has struggled with injuries in career. We know Leonard Fournette missed the back end of the regular season last year. Nick Chubb is in there. And Christian McCaffrey, as well. All of those guys are in the bottom four uh, bottom fourth in terms of toughest uh, schedules for running backs this year. So yeah, it's a tough world out there. And you, could have, you hit a couple of our, you know, potential
0: sells here as far as having a, an easier schedule early on and then things maybe fading off. Uh, so looking at Nick Chubb and Najee Harris that start with some of the easier schedules and it gets tougher down the line. Um, and then potential targets uh, as you move through the year, looking at Brees Hall and David Montgomery, looking at the Jets and the Bears, kind of how their schedule starts. Um, and then and then gets a little bit easier for them, especially heading into playoff time. Um, could be interesting to watch in some of these uh redraft leagues you know best ball and then also targeting kind of dfs as well moving forward
1: mm-hmm. yeah i'd say that i've actually quietly heard a, a narrative being pushed this off offseason uh, is to sell Najee harris just in general um he's gonna really have to keep up his production that he had last year which is going to be very hard to do i for one i i mean i'm a i'm a harris truther i think he still gets the pass catching work and the running volume but the narrative of selling Harris because he's its production is going to go way down. I could, I mean, I could see it come into fruition, especially with that easy first half of the schedule. and In redraft, he might be a guy that I'm looking to draft and then sell. I think my
2: worry with Harris, cause I'm not super worried about his volume. He he's going to get fed the rock, um, but if Pickett replaces Trubisky, that's when I'll start to get worried because I think Trubisky is serviceable. it be week one. Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't I don't believe that just yet. Right. Okay. Um I think Trubisky is the better is better for Harris right now. And I think he's better for that whole offense right now. Especially considering the the division they play in. Like they could they really need a veteran guy to to start the year. If they put Pickett in and they're playing, probably a revamped Baltimore team, a stronger Bengals team, he could take a beating. Um, and I don't know if the Steelers yeah. necessarily want that to begin his career. And going back to Najee,
0: I mean, I think my take last year was if I, of the two top, Running backs. Let's say top three, really between Javante Williams, Najee, and ETN. I mean, honestly, in in dynasty settings, where I'm going to have these guys for a while, I was looking more at ETN and Javante. Where if I needed somebody last year to put a team over the top in dynasty or in redraft leagues, it was it was really tar- targeting Najee because he was going to have the better year in the volume. Um, so it's interesting to be hearing that so early in a running back's career, but it's it's out there. Um, Let's dive into wide receivers now and projected strength of schedule. So looking at the easiest, the best schedules for wide receivers. Looking again, Eagles, Broncos, 49ers, Chargers, and Colts having it the easiest. And then some of the worst or the hardest, looking at the Bengals, Steelers, Browns, Ravens, and Bucks. Um, again, guys, a lot of talent on some of these teams. Are, are we changing anything? Do we view it similar to the running backs where it's just kind of maybe shuffling guys up above each other here and there? Um, what are we thinking based on some of these...
2: Bliss. Well, well, I'm not, sh- I'm not shuffling Jamar Chase. I'm all in on him, regardless of, of his schedule, unless if he's playing Jair Alexander every every week. Um, but, the, I mean, the trend is really just it, it continues for positive vibes from from Philly between Hertz and AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. That is an offense you want to invest invest in this year.
1: Yeah, this was one that, of all of these wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, schedules, this was one that kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit because you got Philly, Denver, 49ers, and the Colts even up here in the top five. Philly, young quarterback, young wide receiver, and a new wide receiver, Denver, new quarterback, young wide receivers that need to prove themselves, 49ers, young young quarterback, young wide receivers even, and then the same with the Colts, new quarterback, young wide receivers. I feel like these teams are going to have a better chance to get going and keep it going than other teams. So this was this was a, a set of of stats that is kind of like oh okay okay, I might uh, I might raise my rankings a little bit once I kind of get a little closer to the season or throughout the season, just because I feel like they'll have an easier path to hit that breakout point. You know, especially with those young Denver wide receivers, which we've re- really yet to see.
0: Yeah, it's definitely definitely intriguing I mean I'm I'm all I'm all in on Herbert and that offense um you know Mike Williams yeah. Keenan Allen um the Colts are interesting just because we look at Matt Ryan Michael Pittman uh the rookie Alec Pierce like how is that going to look in the passing game we know what the running game is with Jonathan Taylor um uh, but maybe a little slept on right now as far as drafting goes uh like you said, 49ers and Philly, interesting with the younger quarterbacks, uh, also guys that use their legs a lot. Um, so, how do you balance? Kind of, are they going to take targets and out of the equation because they're running more when they're pressured? But then they also have this weaker strength of schedule. Uh, so, a lot of things to kind of balance there and look at. You know, I will say, like Bengals, Bucks, not concerned about with the schedule. Um, Ravens, you know, yeah. I'm just. It depends on which way they go, right? Are they going to unleash Lamar so that he can throw the ball more? Are they going to stick to what they've done best? And then I think there are always question marks right now around the Steelers and the Browns, um, just some uncertainty at quarterback for both both teams. Um, so I think we see that reflected in value in drafts right now, but definitely, definitely interesting to see them also on this list of strength of schedule while also having quarterback questions.
1: Yeah, it's like I mentioned at the start, especially if you're – kind of streaming wide receivers, or maybe you have just one star and you've got a couple guys that you flex or you pick up off the off the waivers, you have got to pay attention to the cornerback wide receiver matchups week in, week out. Um, that's going to win you weeks. Even if it wins you one or two weeks, that could be the difference because you picked a good matchup as opposed to just, oh, this is a good player on waivers. He had a good week last week. Let's pick him up. Let's play him. Next thing you know, he's coming up against a cornerback that's good and travels, and he gets two points, and you're screwed because he didn't pay attention to who they're playing that week as much as he should have. So that that's really what I'm looking at, again, like I said, with the with the harder schedules. Just look for those those good cornerback matchups that they're going to have. so
0: now getting into maybe some potential targets guys whose season starts off a little more difficult gets a little bit easier guys looking at uh brandon cooks christian Kirk. so you can kind of take that for all the houston texans maybe Um, along with the jaguars even though i think cooks is kind of going to be the guy with a young quarterback in davis mills you may just want to take the alpha there and then potential sells uh teams have easier schedules early on um and these are going to be some bigger names so you're talking about cooper cup uh you look at michael thomas we kind of talked with him a little bit already is he going to be Ready to start the year. Uh, And Tyler Lockett as well, who again talking about quarterback questions. Is it Geno Smith? Is it Drew Lock? Guys, talk to me kind of about some of these targets, maybe the teams and other guys on those rosters as well to think about.
1: Yeah, sell, 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 Uh, especially in Dynasty. These are three guys that, unless you are just absolutely competing and you're not getting any offers, these are three guys that you probably want off your roster this year. Um and this being said, with their with their good start to this the schedule, you can hold off a little more until the season comes for a better a better deal. Sure, you can sell them now. Uh, it's always going to be in a discount when you're selling a veteran player in the offseason, but every day you move closer to the season, their value goes up. And then once you hit the season is when it's either gonna go down or go back up a little bit more. And then go down, but those are those are three guys that I will be targeting to get off of all of my rosters just because of that early week.
2: I would say my bus- my biggest sell, um, in terms of receivers, this year would be Mike Williams. Um, Chargers have an outstanding schedule to start their year, and things get very difficult as as the season as you get into your. Your fantasy playoff season. Um, I know Justin Herbert is is a stud, um, but Mike Williams is inconsistent. He is injury prone, um, and Keenan Allen is is going to be a lot. is is really going to be the guy in those tougher in those tougher matchups. That's a guy I think Herbert's going to lean on quite a bit, as well as Austin Eckler. So Mike Williams, someone to fade to, uh, as the season finishes up.
0: Oh, Taylor probably knew that was gonna get me fired up. Um fade him fading him preseason. I am, How about that? I am the exa- <laughs> yeah, preseason too. I am the exact opposite. <laughs> um so I think I think Mike Williams is is gonna be the alpha in LA for the next couple of years with uh, Justin Herbert who is unbelievably talented and just ascending um you know i think allen's going to get up there in age i think the only reason we're not talking about allen the way we're talking about cooper cup michael thomas or tyler lockett is because he's tied to justin herbert which is good reason i'd put him you know potentially above those guys in the future not cooper cup right now but um i'm all aboard with with mike williams um i do think he's just athletic talented and when you've got a guy with that type of cannon so um the schedule thing will be interesting to to watch because i'm i'm buying michael williams everywhere i can um taylor knows he traded a draft pick for Mike Williams, so that he could take Chris Olave. So I have that in my back pocket that I'm expecting oh, yeah. Mike Williams to do more than Chris Olave for the future here. So I am biased. Uh, that was our Chris Olave conversation from earlier. Um, hey, I'm looking well into the future. Yeah, yeah. that I'm, team is old. I'm i I'm I'm three years ish. You know, this year, next year, and the year after is is my window. I look at. Um, wide receivers here looking at tight ends guys strength of schedule um, tight ends that have the best easiest schedule we're looking at the Broncos Chargers again Bears commanders Titans still got to get used to saying commanders out loud Um, and then the worst or the hardest again some some common names here from some of the passing stuff the Bengals Ravens Falcons Browns and Raiders Um, so looking at those teams It's hard because with some of the easiest, again, we're talking about Bears, Commanders, Titans. Are we talking about really good offenses or not here? Um, And then same thing on the hardest. Raiders, Ravens, Bengals, I think are offenses some people are excited about. So does this change anything? Are there big names here that we need to maybe take a second look at?
1: Kind of like the running backs, the tight end strength of schedule week in, week out has always proven to be pretty accurate. If a tight end is playing let's say, the number one toughest defense against a tight end and they're uh, and they're not a top five tight end, odds are they're going to have a terrible week. So I will pretty much always fade uh, tight ends who are playing like top five toughest defenses. Um, and then you even look at season long, uh, Hayden Hurst has gotten some some hype over this soft season because of his move. But with them having the toughest tight end schedule, they're going to be a lot of... I mean, he's already going to be a a fill stream. I mean, you're not going to play him and hope you get 15 points. You're hoping to get eight points out of Hayden Hurst, but there's going to be more weeks than others to where he's just going to be unusable and you're better off starting anybody else. Um, so again, your tight ends are affected a lot by the defense they played, you know, because they get matched up against safeties, linebackers, most of the time, uh, unless you're maybe Kyle Pitts, you're probably gonna have to get guarded by a cornerback because he is just a absolute freak. Um, but, yeah, you really got to keep tight ends and strength of schedule in mind as well throughout the season. Yeah, in terms of your strategy with,
2: with tight ends this year, I mean, they're, they're, in my opinion, there are six service, serviceable guys that you can start a tight end week in and week out with, regardless of what their matchup is. It's Kelsey, Andrews, Waller, Kittle, Pitts, and, and Knox. Um, and then you've got a few guys that you're, you're starting them almost every week, like Hawkinson, Schultz, Goddard, and uh, Friermuth. Then after that, I mean, it's almost entirely matchup-based. Like everything. Like if if you choose to go to the the route of you don't want to draft you you don't want to spend a high draft pick on on a tight end and you want to stream a whole year, which is perfectly fine. Like I've done that, I've done that a bunch of times. Um, but you have to pay attention to matchups at that point and who each team is playing each week. I don't. It's, it, it, can make or break your entire season
0: yeah it's it's interesting to look at you know i, I know you guys like to slander alberto but he's on that list for literally the easiest here um cole comets another guy that, that you know, a lot of question marks around what that offense is going to look like anyways. Uh It is interesting. Chargers, I, I have been targeting Gerald Everett a little bit in some of these best ball drafts I'm doing. Um, again, just tied to a good offense. And so then it gets intriguing. You mentioned Hayden Hurst. That's somebody I've also targeted late in drafts. We know about Mark Andrews. Um, they're down on this list. I will go ahead and tell you we're not there yet as far as the AFC. That's going to be coming up. But uh I, I have had some movement at my tight end one spot. It is no longer Mark Andrews, but we'll Go down that road later. Um, Pitts, you know, no question marks there for me. Waller, no question marks. And then, you know, we talked about Njoku, right? Is contract, is he are they gonna are they gonna showcase him? Um are they actually gonna give him the ball or was this a bunch of money thrown around for no reason? Um, and looking at some targets, guys, who who starts out uh, slow early
2: because of record, but it gets a little bit easier for. Him. For me, it's Dawson Knox. Um or Homer. Homer. Uh, the Bills start out with the 29th toughest, uh, excuse me, the, the third toughest schedule for tight ends in, in the league. Now, that doesn't mean the Bills aren't going to be scoring points, but it, it could mean that Allen is looking more towards Diggs and, and Gabe Davis to start the year. And then they finish with the, the third easiest schedule. Um, so keep, Dawson Knox, definitely a player to target, especially if, if you have an unhappy happy owner, and potentially it's a long shot, but O.J. Howard, the Bills did
1: si- sign him as well this year. Ooh. Yeah, I, I like I like the buy of, of Hunter Henry. Tough early season. We saw him play really well last year, um, and I'm definitely all aboard selling Njoku and Noah Fant as they have uh, kind of easy schedules to start, especially with Njoku selling on the hype especially if he gets off to a good start. Uh, And then we get those tough tight end matches. Depends on how tough they really get for him and how it'll play out through the midway point. But he could be an easy sell to a team that thinks that they're getting the next elite tight end, which I just don't think he is. So you might be able to sell him off to a team for a wide receiver or running back that your team actually really needs to where you can maybe find a tight end replacement on the waiver wires that's got favorable matchups down the road and just stream from there.
0: Yeah. And then the only other thing to kind of leave people with here before we sign off, um, you know, checking out those weeks, 15, 16 and 17 matchups as you get into playoffs of, you know, dynasty uh, redraft, getting into best ball championship weeks. And then obviously, as we get there, we'll be talking DFS as well. Um, But definitely something to look into, uh, see, you know. What games are going to have a lot of points? Um, where can we target guys? Um, and then what matchup should we avoid as well? Especially as you get into the season, think about these people. You could maybe buy low that have easier schedules and games where there could be a lot of points scored. So, uh, going to be interesting. Hope you guys enjoyed the strength of schedule show or the schedule release that came out. Um, and then what's up next? getting into the AFC, breaking down those divisions. Uh, so first up, AFC East. So Chris Hayes is going to have a, a field day with his Buffalo Bills. Um, we're going to try to you know calm him down from them running away with it. And then also be the Chris Hayes show. It, it will. We will just let him have a monologue for the entire time. Um, but trying to find some other guys maybe in New York, uh, New England, and then also down in Miami that we can target, uh, depending on, on how we see their seasons playing out. Guys, anything you want to leave the people with moving forward?
2: let's circle the I wagons just, baby let's go oh
1: buffalo God. oh jesus <laughs> buffalo third in the east next year Bucket. Oh,
0: <laughs> no. with, with that find us on instagram twitter qc underscore fantasy uh also can check out qc fantasy.com let us know what you think rate record download i don't know do all the things thanks guys
1: rate and record but we record you guys rate and normal energy yeah subscribe maybe there's a good word We should start playing a game every week is Chris recording from the car you decide the car Where's tweet on this phone where that country is Crusades this week?